Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The Coterie awoke for the first time in their new living arrangements. Evangeline tried to give Val space in their shared apartment. Val began talking through her frustrations in her first session with Teddy. Doris made more bloodstones to keep track of everyone and gave a meaningful tarot card to the Sheriff. And Everett tried to mislead the eyewitness to Val's hit and run. But who is the mysterious figure that just showed up in classic pyramid attire? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Val, you are approaching the sheriff's station when you see the front door open and a a caped figure step inside that you recognized as being in the traditional colors and style of the Tremere. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Oh, I stop, step back, open up the radio, radio Everett. Sheriff, there's this fucking spooky Tremere coming in. Maybe sunglasses? Heads up. Uh... Copy. And I'm I'm looking for some sheriff. They're already coming in the front door. So as you look over, you can put sunglasses on. That's yeah, it. That's, that's, a, that's all I'm looking for is sunglasses. Yes. Yeah. You see a man conservatively dressed in a black and red color scheme. He's five foot nine, roughly 150 pounds, slender build with a late 90s hairstyle that pretty closely resembles the style used by David Boreanaz when he played Angel in the Buffy series. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got a black glove on his left hand and a stylized obsidian plate gauntlet on his right hand that is inlaid with multiple thumb sized rubies. And this very classic Tremere figure that Doris, you would recognize as carrying a lot of the, the traditional iconography. Ever, you don't really know the Tremere terribly well, and Evangeline, you definitely don't. Mm-hmm. He looks around and just says, I'm here to work with this department. Uh, who are you? I am Michael Arden, and I am here to work with this department to stop the Pyramid 2.0. Lovely. What? Where, uh, where you come from, uh, Mr. Arden? I was originally from Cincinnati. And then, near Cincinnati, then I came here. I meant, like, who sent you? The magic sent me. Can you explain a little more, the magic? I had a vision. I was originally from House Tremere, and then forced to join this pyramid, never cared for it. Real problem. Didn't like the original pyramid, don't like the 2.0 idea. I ran the Endless Watchtower to store and catalog magic. And then I had a vision saying I should come here and bring Rowan Wood. And he takes out a shaft of Rowan Wood for carving and sets it down. Yes! (laughs) Uh, Sir! It's the wood! It it sure is. uh, Remind me why the wood is why we're excited. For the 
Oh, okay, yeah. Stab. She mouths, right. stab. What? You brought it? What did your vision say? It said I had to bring this to you and that together we could defeat the Pyramid 2.0. Val, you come through the door at this point. Yeah, Val is standing in the door, has her sunglasses on and her arms crossed and she's standing in front of the door just like bouncer style in (laughs) case there's something goes weird and we need to stop this guy from running. Are you still a part of the Pyramid, sir? I was only ever forced to be in the Pyramid. I believe in House Tremere. The Pyramid is shit. Then we shall be partners in destruction. I like the sound of that. She's going to take the rowan wood and just kind of hold it aloft. <laughs> uh, Sir, it begins. I, I guess so. Uh, look, I'm the uh, sheriff of New Haven here. My name's uh, Everett Fry. Uh, I got a couple questions for you. I'm sure you understand you. You had a vision to come here, but we'd probably be silly, right, if we didn't perform some sort of vetting process. Makes sense to me. Good, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Shall we go into the interrogation room? Yeah, it's occupied right now, but I'll mm. just uh, wrap up in there. Why don't you uh, chat with uh, Doris here? Uh, I have an attic. Excellent. She has an attic. I'll uh, I'll be right back out in a moment. I'm going to go in and excuse Don. And I'm going to go in the attic with them. <laughs> Right, so three people head up to the attic. Evangeline, what are you doing? I've just been watching this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's a, there are parties going upstairs. There's efforts going to excuse somebody. Well, then Evangeline's just going to hold down the fort and the main <laughs> bullpen area in view of the front door. Because I don't know what the hell's going to walk in there next. Okay, so Evangeline's holding position, yep. ready to answer phones as necessary because Troy is not in this room. Yeah. Right. Everett, you go back into the room with Don Doodle, who's like, is something wrong? I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Doodle. Uh, as the sheriff uh, here, I get pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm, I understand. Thank you so much for your testimony here. I apologize for stepping away. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to your report? Uh... Let me roll. No, no, no. I think that's about it. I apologize for keeping you here so long. I, I didn't anticipate to. Uh, uh, please, uh, uh, this has been fantastic. We'll uh, we'll take the report and we'll see what we can find. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you. You know, it's not every day I get to help out with somebody who saved my life. <laughs> oh, please, no. Don't don't think of it that way. Uh, you're. Uh, you're helping New Haven. You know, you're being a good citizen, so I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And Don Doodle gets up just very proud of himself. Yeah. Never feels like on fucking now. shit. But <laughs> yeah. He should. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, upstairs, Doris, you have a magic practitioner who you are introducing to your space and the various things you have set up. What is it like when, when you introduce someone to the room? I think um, it varies from person to person, but I think if this person's um, like a... A magical Tremere person. I don't think that she would say anything. I think she would just kind of beckon him in with great sweeping arms and then just kind of extend them out to be like, look, and just assume that he will know <laughs> what to do and what is available to him. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And he... <laughs> Let me get my my stats. Just yeah. a moment. Show me that vampires page again. 
<laughs> yeah, there he so is. This is where I was heading. Oh, yeah. Sam Butwise, just for, for all of our spirits. Just to brighten our Claire days. disagrees so much. I disagree so hard and I love it. <laughs> a lot of dice. This guy knows magic. Mm. There aren't that many hunger dice. For those looking at the red, I just don't have enough white dice. Oh, okay. <laughs> he has... And messy success. <laughs> oh God! So you watch this magic user just walk into this room, and he just goes garbage, 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 and he's ignoring all, all of the stuff that you would consider to be not your cool, your like purest magic. Right. He looks at anything that's kind of like hedge witchery or anything that would be of a human interest. Yeah. No interest whatsoever. Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck about like <laughs> astrology. He's very scientific about magic. Mm-hmm. But the moment he starts finding your real thing, your tarot deck with all mm-hmm. the original cards, completely obsessed. Mm-hmm. And it, like your blood magic areas where you've made bloodstones, where you've done all the other stuff, he is all over this. He's taking stuff out to sketch what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He's sketching you next to it. You see him making detailed notes on your processes. This dude is mm-hmm. obsessed <laughs> with what you are doing here. Just all over this. And you can see him making notes on everything. So how exactly do you make your bloodstones? Uh, right. Well... Not on there. If you put them out. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you? No, no, no. Okay. It's fine. Um, So what you do is you take a piece of quartz and you cleanse it underneath the moon for three days. And then you smear it with blood. Okay. I have no idea how this works. I like that I asked if you wanted me to. Yes, of course there's a way. You've been doing this. I wasn't sure if they're like, uh, no, yes, oh, okay, that's fine. So sweet. Yes, please yes, I will look this up because I don't know it off the top of my head either. I think I recall fridge magnets being part of it. Fridge <laughs> magnets were for, for pure. Hey, interesting. Okay. What the fuck? Because it is a ritual. Yep. Okay, so to make a bloodstone, I will tell you what the official process is, and then you can tell us what your process yeah, is. Yeah, right. So you take a pebble of iron ore or a small magnet, and it requires a liter of blood from any source and a silver bowl. So the liter of blood goes in the bowl. Oh. You add your blood to that blood and recite a chant over it for an hour, repeating the chant over the next two nights. Right. That pebble or magnet will absorb all of the blood over the three nights. Upon successful completion, the liquid appears translucent. Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh, that's interesting. Cool. Right. Okay. So they're cat magnets. Um, you know, okay, so what they are, you know those fridge magnets that you get that are like cat butts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. hundred percent. I can picture them, but I've never seen them. But yeah, I, it's like the I can tail imagine what they would look up like. And then like the little X in the butt and it's like yeah. the yeah. two back legs. So those are her bloodstones with like the magnet attached to it. Please note what all of you are carrying, just for the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cat butt, but <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, so that's like she's you know she's not gonna fuck around with this ritual too too much. So I feel like that's the most personal change that she's made from it. But everything else is like textbook. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so she explains this to him. And did uh, someone teach you how to make these things? Oh, I I just uh learned it from a book. Can you show me this book? I can. I'm just assuming that she has the book here. It's just a journal. Like you've been doing your own studies. You've been doing experimentations. Oh, okay. Like right. it's there. And Right. Um, yes. Right. Well, I- I'm afraid um, my writing's a bit fancy, but it's, uh, well, several centuries of 
research. Oh, dear House Tremere, you are one of the rare. An instinctual magic user. You don't have to get taught. You just learn. Then you teach the rest of us. I must study you. And she just kind of gives Val like a, like, eyebrow, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then uh, she says, uh, and she'll just kind of solemnly pass him a cat butt magnet and just say, He takes it in both hands. My gift to you. Welcome to New Haven. I will treasure this. With you and I, after the pyramid is destroyed, maybe we can start a new house, Tremere. Perhaps we can. Do things right this time. Do things right. They'll all see. And that's the point where you theoretically come upstairs to join Everett. Would you bring Evangeline with you, or are you leaving her downstairs to just hold the fort with Percy? Uh... Officer Clark, you're, uh, you know, you're much more personable than I am. Uh, why don't you come on up here? Uh, I think we could use your instinct and see if this guy passes the sniff test, so to speak. I don't right. know, someone just showing up with something that we desperately needed uh, to create this mythical weapon. I just uh, got my hackles up about it. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, this could be like a trick, right? That's like, what I'm worried yeah. about, yeah. Um. Is anyone downstairs? I mean, Barney's station? always in his office. Barney's so he's around. And Troy, okay, good. Troy is always within reach of phone no matter where yeah, he is okay, in the building. Cool, cool. <laughs> you guys don't have to worry about it. Yeah, the day-to-day yeah, yeah. operations keep going. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, Troy is no longer would be a little less fun. Right, Troy's like, okay. You guys need to manage that office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's on the phone yeah. today? Yeah. You don't go on the mission. <laughs> Evangeline just suddenly becomes the office manager. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's figure this out. Great. So you step into the room seeing them sharing a cat butt magnet and declarations about building a new house, Tremere, which Val, you've just been silently watching. Yep. Val is just standing there trying to avoid cats. (laughs) Just standing against a wall. Tell me how your visions come to you. Mine come in the cards. Mine just come to me in a blood haze. After I feed, they come to me. Fascinating. That's much dirtier, but effective. So far, yes, but maybe I can learn your method with the cards. You had questions for me, Sheriff. Uh, yeah, the uh, interrogation room is open if we want to all move down there, or if you're comfortable up here, Doris, I'm fine with just carrying on up here in your room. It's whatever works for you. I'll take the beanbag chair. <laughs> all right. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. It's me, Tyler Hewitt. I normally play Everett Fry, but today I'm playing the role of Guy Who Will Talk To You About Patreon. That's right. Dum Dums and Dice has a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dice, you can support us at a number of different levels. For example, for $25 a month, you get your name added in the special thank yous at the end of every episode. And you get to create an NPC of your own that will join the cast of Dum Dums and Dragons, or Blood and Syrup, or the Valentine Heresy in their adventures. You don't have to be bitten by a vampire to be immortalized, okay? It, it's, it can be so much simpler. Patreon.com slash dumdumdice, D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Okay? Memorize it, type it, click it. The clicking part is, is subscribing. All right, you got this.
know, now that you mentioned it, that uh, blood haze you talked about there and how that occurs when you feed. Uh, do you know how we do things here in New Haven? I know a little, but not a lot. We, uh, we don't feed on other folk or anything here. There's uh, blood that is provided to us, uh, like a ration, so to speak. All right. Is that something you could uh, abide by? Of course. So, no hunting while you're in New Haven? No. Great, good. Just wanted to make sure you were clear on that. I hunt non-traditionally anyways. You wouldn't want it here. Uh, well, I'm kind of interested. What does that mean? My bite causes tremendous pain, so I use my magic to take the blood out of the body. Fascinating. I could teach you, perhaps. Yes. Excellent. Uh, all right, well, great. Uh, you mentioned you were uh, a member of the pyramid and uh, uh, past tense. Uh, you're not currently? Correct. The pyramid has been destroyed. And now there's and this pyramid 2.0. Pyramid 2.0, right. We need to bury them in the ground too. Point uh, oh. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's good wordplay there. Um, so I understand from Officer Barbara here that leaving the pyramid is no uh, simple matter. Can you tell us about how you came to be uh, a former member of the pyramid? And how you came to New Haven? I was a member of House Tremere, and then I was embraced during the Massassa War in the 90s. I was part of the Cincinnati Chantry, just stayed out of the way. But when it was destroyed by the Sabbat, I was forced to flee. Then I started the Endless Watchtower in hopes of collecting magical information. Then, when I had a vision about this place and the Pyramid 2.0, I knew I needed to stop them so that we could trade magic openly as is meant to be. Knowing, knowing vampire history, and especially around that time period, does this check out? This would actually check out for you, yeah. There, mm -hmm. Cincinnati did have a chantry. It was destroyed by the Sabbat. Uh, can you roll me a, I would say, streetwise, mm -hmm. and I would say intelligence or wits, if you wanted to go off of what you would either have known from the road or stuff you may have looked into. Yeah, wits and streetwise. Can yeah. I get the extra kindred for Oh, my yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because also you've been on the road way more than most vampires yes. would be in New Haven or elsewhere. So That's having heard thinking. rumors of what's where and Sabat targets are always worth tracking because mm -hmm. that's a freebie bounty. They'll oh, always yeah. pay yeah. you for Sabat. <laughs> oh, great. Cool. That's three successes, but two tens, no hunger dice. So that's five successes. Five nice. successes. You've actually heard of the Endless Watchtower and mm. they are neutrally affiliated as a magical organization. So House Tremere, yes. Clan Tremere, yes. Pyramid, no. If you're willing to kind of, if you're willing to tell them what you know, mm. they're willing to trade back. And it's been a pretty positive relationship that you've heard on the road. Mm. If you were going to hire somebody, you'd lean toward, if they had endless watchtower on the resume, you'd lean towards them over somebody who just had pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that fucking checks out for me of, as far as what I've seen on the road and heard of the endless watchtower on the, you know, the network when I used to drive around a lot more. All right. Uh, so you have this vision that you got to grab that, uh, you say, Rowan wood? Yes, that was the kind of wood I know was needed. Brought that here for Officer Barbara. You knew to give it to her. What else do you uh, know from your vision there? That was the full extent of the quest I was given, but knowing that the Pyramid 2.0 is here and seeing some of their Facebook ads, I know they need to be destroyed. I see. 
Uh, and it's uh, it's fairly early in the evening here. How'd you come to get into New Haven? I may have bribed my way onto a truck and got dropped at the edge of town and flown here. Oh, resourceful. Flown? Yes, I can fly. I have many abilities. Oh, I thought you meant take a plane. You can fly? Like, just you in the air? Many Tremere can fly. Yes, these are advanced abilities. How old are you? I like to keep some things to myself. <laughs> uh, I have so much learning to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm learning a lot here as well. You see, you see, Evangeline, it's real. My visions were real. We can use this to bring down the Pyramid 2.0, I know it. How do we know that you're not just a plant here by the Pyramid to take us down from the inside? I mean, yeah, I was trying to deduce that without asking, but we might as well <laughs> just ask it outright. I don't know. How would I prove that to you? Proving a negative is very hard. If they knew that they had... If they needed Rowanwood, then they would know the ritual. Why wouldn't they just do it themselves? Why would they give it to me? That's fair. Do you know the ritual that Officer Barber's referring to? I know the wood has significance, but I do not know what that significance is. Sometimes you trust the magic... Especially after you've lost your mortal magician avatar. Uh, What's that mean? Uh? Yeah, what is all of that? When a mortal is made into a vampire, they lose their original avatar. Sometimes would say soul. Oh, okay. My mortal magic was lost. Then I became a vampire. I've been learning new magic ever since. Were you a mortal magician? Yes. <gasps> I've heard of people like you. In places like Vegas. I did actual magic, though, not just the stage stuff. But it's so pretty. Thank you. Right. It may be more calming for the rest of you to realize he can be unsettled by Doris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just gonna She's do not like even a... trying to be unsettled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Accidentally intimidating? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. there's a little bit of that in there. Uh, Eris is going to look around to like... Uh, Doris is obviously like fully engaging with with this guy right now. So he's just going to look over to Val and Evangeline to just like a quick, like raise eyebrow. Like, what do we think? Val just gives shrug from the corner. Evangeline raises a single eyebrow. Uh, can I make a final call on whether we should trust this guy? Sure. Based on like what, like just, try to do you want to do kind of a role where we can just figure out how like what you're reading on, the vibe, on this guy yeah yeah i would i would hmm. accept intelligence if you want to base it on evidence or wits if you want to base it on your gut and then i would say investigation if it was based on the questions or streetwise if you're just going with general like read of opinion it'll have to be wits for sure because there's not an abundance of evidence mm -hmm. it's just what he's telling me uh and so probably even though investigation is the better stat probably streetwise because again it's just talk it's just great parsing talk uh three ones uh hunger die was a two but yeah not a single successful so you're at minus two successes yeah based on our system there's something fishy about this son God of a bitch damn it. <laughs> okay 
that lets me, Tyler, know what's really going on. But now I need to lean into <laughs> this bad, bad read. <laughs> <clears throat> Fun, cool. Um, uh, something fishy's going on. Okay. You can't trust this piece of shit. Yeah, can't trust him. Clear liar. He's lying to us. Uh, say, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Arden, did you say? Yes, that's my name. Uh, you know, you say you can fly. Well, I, gosh, I would love to see that. I've never seen something like that. Could you show us something right now? Just a second. <laughs> I feel like I have the rules of how fucking flying right now. <laughs> Luckily, I dosed myself earlier, but it should still be in effect. Uh, and he just starts to fly and hover. Mm. Just hover in place. And he can hover around the room at the same speed that he would walk or run. Oh, that is legitimately shocking to Everett, who part of this kind of read on him as being a liar was like, he doesn't know magic. He's not a magic <laughs> guy. He certainly can't fly. Yep. He's flying. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you want to know the bad roll version of the way you could read this, the only other person you've seen fly wore a black veil. Yeah, it's definitely like, okay, so he, the magic is real, but he he's still like something's not right about him. So now it's not like he's lying to us about magic. It's he is magic and he's lying to us about his intentions. Um, it, are you doing anything? Could I get a read on that? You're so super uncomfortable. Uh, like, I don't you know can see that anything. Everett is like visibly shocked that he is actually flying. But then there's also like a narrowing of the eyes of like, oh, I see what's happening here. There's a, there's a dark realization of just how dangerous this man is. Okay. I'm um, Mr. Arden. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we uh having had run-ins with the pyramid and how hard it is to trust people in these situations, I bet you get it. Oh, yeah, I understand. The pyramid are a scourge that must be destroyed. Perfect. So would you maybe let Doris force you to tell us the truth of magic so that we can believe you? I mean, sure. Do you want to fucking do that, Doris, so we can know for sure? Final. Uh, are we not in agreement? I think everyone would feel better. I think wanting to believe someone and believing them are two different things, and we got to keep those two separate. No offense, Mr. Arden, if you're on I the level. am unoffended. Yeah. We've been through a lot in the last, well, ever. <laughs> As anyone who was ever in the pyramid knows, you never truly leave which is why we have to make sure no one new joins. Yes. So, I promise it'll be a short compel, and I'll just ask you if you're telling the truth. Understood. And she's just gonna... He does not resist. It's the first time you've ever... It's like, it's for <gasps> you, it's like having someone open a door to their mind, oh, as wow. opposed to having to, like, cool. wrap around or flow into them. Right. Lovely. Um, Mr. Arden? Yes? Please tell... My sheriff, boss, are you telling the truth? Yeah. Do you truly want to bring down the pyramid? Definitely. And your visions are real? To the best of my knowledge, yes, but the scrying art is imprecise. Do you have any more questions, sir? Uh, none, none for him. And she's just gonna release him. Thank you. That was surprisingly gentle. Oh. Uh, Mr. Arden, would you uh, excuse us? You know, uh, if we could just have the room for a moment here. 
Of course, I will wait downstairs. Uh, and he just turns and goes down the stairs. That was that was way uh, too easy, right? I mean, I've seen you try to get into someone's mind before. He's supposed to be some kind of accomplished magician. Are you sure you had the compulsion? Are you sure that was the truth from him? Sir, the way that compulsions work is that if somebody agrees, the only resistance comes from within. He just let me in. You didn't feel any resistance. Nor should I have. It's only difficult if someone resists. He has nothing to hide. Doris, could you roll me a wits and awareness? Mm -hmm. Can I rouse? Heck yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Three successes. Three successes. Uh, You realize that you could prove this to Everett if he would let you into his mind for just a moment to ask a single question. Oh, lovely. Um, sir, if I may, may I prove it to you? Yeah, how? By allowing me to compel you, sir. Oh, uh... Just one question. I can tell you what the question will be beforehand. Just to see how easy it is if someone lets you walk in. Uh... I've given you a hypothesis, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, thinking it over. Because this is, uh, weird. Uh, am I going to feel anything when you start, like, up here in my brain? Is it going to... Is it going to hurt? Well, not about hurt per se, but like... You know what? Yeah, go ahead. She's just going to... Boom. Great. Uh, You are actively trying not to resist, correct? Because it would take focus for you to do that. So I'm going to try to fight her, actually. You're going to try to fight her. Okay, then we're going to do the roll as traditionally stated. So you've got the, I think, both die pools written down on your sheet, do you? Yes. You're rolling intelligence plus resolve. Great. Okay. Do you have a special bonus to that? Because I think you have like an assuable mind or you have something. Fortitude. Does Uh, that do something for you? Assuable mind? Yes. Um, So um, you get to add an extra die to resist mind control. Yeah. Which would be this. Yeah. Hmm. So that's intelligence. See, while they're building these pools, Val, you've been standing silently while people mm. have debated magic, Camarilla history, and now your coworker <laughs> is going to compel your sheriff. What are you thinking in this instance? This is like, at this point, the guy's backstory checks out. Doris did what she said. To Val, this all checks out. And Val's like, fucking take the win. Like, just <laughs> <serious>. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. Like, it's, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Reasonable. Uh, that was intelligence and resolve? Yes. Okay. Plus two extra dice for your unswayable mind. Two. Sorry, I only took one extra. Oh, interesting. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I got two tens on a hunger dice. That's... Where, and then where, two ones. This, you have a messy successy mm-hmm. and so. simultaneously a wash. Yeah. No, there's that's a six. So oh, there's a six. three okay. successes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two so, up, two down, so it's just three successes. Messy successy. Three successes, success. messy successy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, two tens on clean dice plus a nine for a total of I think five successes. Mm. Five successes versus three successes. <sighs> what a moment we are having. <laughs> Everett. You told Doris you would let this happen. 
And then, oh, okay. What yeah. didn't you? That, that, that she was, could try. I also want to see if I can. I I understand. Yeah, we're at war with the pyramid. I, I want to no, know how I do. I understand. <laughs> but but this is where I'm I'm tracking what could be the miscommunication yeah, yeah, that yeah. contributes uh, to yes. this. Yeah. Which is Doris thought you're going to let her in because okay. so she's like wants to show you how easy it is mm-hmm. if you don't resist. And you resisted as hard as you could yeah, yeah. to learn what it would be like, which means. Doris, mm-hmm. you are trying to walk through an open door and finding a defended fortress. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that this was framed at the beginning, you thought, you think that this is just his his instinct, his kind of small thing. And what it does is it actually pushes you from a messy successy into a compulsion because you are trying to use magic to show him what he can, what magic can do to show him how safe he is. And he stopped you, which means your magic is failing you. <gasps> it is well, a very strange combination of having to do a messy success and a failure. So mm-hmm. we're leaning into this. So let me just pull up. Oh. The compulsion chart. Oh dear. And see what the options are. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad I did this. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm gonna tweak I'm gonna tweak this a little. I'll walk you through my process of how we get to where we are. I was originally thinking you fail to get there, you go into your clan compulsion. The Tremere compulsion is about blood bonding and the challenge of blood bonding other kindred and all of these other things, which the Pyramid 2.0 has worked out a way around, but that doesn't make sense to skew into. Then it was, okay, you're connecting with Everett's brain. Everett is a venture. Could it be his bane? Nope, that's a prey exclusion. That also doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. What you get mm-hmm. instead of that, you don't, you don't compel Everett Instead, you have a brief moment of being Everett Fry. You experience what it's like to be in his physicality. You experience what it's like to live his emotional life. You experience a brief moment of all of the context and all of the tortures inside of him and the things that drive him. You merge minds for a brief moment before snapping into your body. Everett, for you, you just feel that you weren't compelled. Uh, Can, oh, my God. Can I have, like, an interesting piece of information that's come out of this to, like... Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> if it's if it was just occupying and I was going to say, it's a messy successy, so actually you would be aware of this because that's the messy part mm-hmm. of this as well. That's one of the things, yeah. like, I, like, I also wanted to test, like, am I going to know when it's imminently happening that someone's trying to influence yeah. me? What do I feel? When you, I know it's coming kind of thing. You have a brief moment of just being inside Doris's body. You don't make the intellectual connection with her secrets, mm-hmm. but you have a brief moment of just flip, flip. Feeling like I was back. occupying yeah. different space. Okay. Ah, hell, let's give you a secret too. This is too fun. <laughs> okay, so no, you, I, I'm Calvin balling. Don't blame me. In uh, but no, so I would say both of you will yeah. will have the the swap moment of of kind of experiencing the other person's yeah. full internal life. So should it be a, a kind of secret like or should it be random because it was a kind of crashing into each other? I think because you are crashing into each other but you're stepping into each other's bodies, it would be something you would be worried about the other person discovering. Okay. Because that's the moment of somebody's going to step mm. in your mind and you're like, "Oh shit, not this." It's like oh. watching somebody mm. reach for the thing they're trying to protect mm. in a moment of crisis. Right. So not necessarily the deepest and darkest secret, but yeah. something that is not 
ideally oh, shared. Oh, Jesus. Um, I think it would be... Um, how long was I in the golden casket? A century. Century. I think you get a brief glimpse of like her being in the casket in year 99. Okay. And interpret that however you will. Yeah. Um, and I would say if we want to even enhance that, it's it's the moment the final edges of her personality snap. Yeah. Because we talked about her mind being less confined and less structured than others after yeah. the time there. So yeah. you experience the final dissolution of traditional sanity. Mm-hmm. Oof. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, then in the spirit of that, I would say not something that was like at the forefront of his mind of like, I don't want Doris to know this. I don't want Doris to know this. Mm. I think it's something that was like, I don't like people knowing this about me. We'll do, um, you are momentarily in, uh, some kind of public bathroom with like the thumping of music being heard outside. And there's a short man with glasses and a mustache in front of you and a kind of average height, uh, um, attractive looking young woman as well. Uh, and for some reason you're shouting at them and you slid your gun across the uh, bathroom counter towards them and said, you might as well kill me now. And then it ends. And you both are back and inside yourselves. Right. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Why didn't you let me? Yeah. What was that? Was that, did I, did you compel me? I don't remember. You what didn't let me. Oh, well, that's Why good didn't to you let me? I wanted to know if it's something that you can guard against. You can. Oh, I could have told you that. I was trying to show you how easy it is if you're not being guarded. Oh, Who... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I. Who were they? What do you mean? You might as well kill me now. Mr. Fry, who are they? Um, you didn't compel me and you know that? How fascinating. All right, so this is much, much worse than I thought it would be. And much more dangerous, even if you successfully keep someone out. Uh, they were, uh, people from out east uh montreal the coterie i was in uh i don't want to talk about any more of that uh do you want to try sorry uh compelling without resistance um as That's long as what you I promise wanted to do. not to go to that place i don't think i could go back if i wanted to sir good go ahead for the two vampires in this room who <laughs> just watched the weirdest compel in the history of the world and then that context-free conversation, what do you guys think is happening? Um, I assume brain weirdness because they both seem to do like a eh. <laughs> <laughs> brain magic weirdness and then I'm just trying to file it away. Also, mention of Coterie. I feel like Everett has talked to Belle about this before. So she's filing this away as like another question mark about this guy on the phone and what he was up to prior to us so 
Man, Evangeline just had the like that realization that like someone you've kind of known on the surface and have had very strong like judgments about, you just realize that they actually are a person and like have a history and maybe have gone through some stuff. Mm. And that's hmm. Oh, hmm. Okay. Alrighty. So we want to try again. No resisting this time? Yeah. Unfortunately, you will still be resisting with two dice because you do have an unswayable mind and you can't turn that off. That's just the inner Ooh. personality is so strong. Mm. However, this I don't is think so I much know less. that about myself. Yeah. No, you don't. This is just a, it's an internal personality that your character has. Yeah. Five successes. No successes. Open door. Great. Um, yeah. Now what does this feel like then? Um, I think it's, I think it's like what you get is, oh, this is fun. Um, so what it feels like is all of a sudden it's just like, whoop, and you're in a pink beanbag chair and just a door opens in this empty space. And I just kind of, and, and Doris just walks in and she's like, hello, Mr. Fry. Hi. Are you feeling all right? Yeah. Right. What's something that I wouldn't know about you? Something fun that I could ask. Something fun? Yes. That you wouldn't know about me? Correct. Uh, and inside Brain Everett would um, say, <laughs> uh, I, I like uh, solving puzzles. I like uh, uh, quizzes and word games. Right. And then um, in your dream, like in your vision and in real life, you just hear Doris say, um, um, what's your favorite kind of game to play, sir? Uh, since I was a kid, it was always a spot the difference. And then she'll just, is she, in, in your vision, she just kind of like waves a hand and brushes it aside and everything just kind of, you're back in yeah. her attic. Okay. This is the last thing like inside, like uh, sedated. Everett says is like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's going to say, um, I've never played Spot the Difference, sir. Have you? Well, well hold on. What happened? Or am I aware when I'm You remember involved? what happened. So okay. essentially what happens for you okay. having experienced this is the questions that are being asked, quote unquote, in your head are more suggestible. It feels dreamlike. It feels like you're really just talking to yourself. When okay. you look back on it, you can almost see that there was a version of Doris, but it felt like it was in your internal monologue. It was like you were thinking a question and answering yourself. She really just mm -hmm. channeled your own brain and your okay. own thought process against you. But the moment it's over, you can feel the overlay more oh. clearly removed you can look okay. back and go oh doris asked me those questions i actually answered all of those thoughts out loud i thought i was just answering in fun brain space trick okay this is all a lot for everett <laughs> um this the the one before this was all because he didn't trust the guy downstairs mm -hmm. and he doesn't necessarily feel any different but he'll say um uh i, I need to uh do something else right now i think uh i still don't trust uh 
Michael Arden. I just have a bad feeling about him. Uh, between him and someone from the new pyramid, it's uh, it's tough for me to spot the difference. So if y'all three feel good about it, I'm going to defer to all of you, but um, keep an eye on them. All right, I'm going to go downstairs. Uh, goodbye. And he leaves and goes downstairs, and the three of you remain upstairs. What do you say to each other? Doris, you've just experienced a lot. Mm -hmm. All right, Doris, well, if you trust this guy, then that's fine, but we can keep an eye on him, and if he doesn't everything weird, you can tell us, right? Of course we have so much work to do. Val! Mm-hmm. And she's going to, like, reach out to try to take your hand. What? <laughs> Thank you for Troy. Oh. I think you ran someone over to get him there. <laughs> We're not speaking of this outside this room, but yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're true, Kindred. I gotta go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Val goes downstairs. Doris, you're left alone with Evangeline. Uh, uh, you okay? A random question. Have you finished her hat? Oh, God. You've been working on a hat for Evangeline for a couple of days now. The right. only thing you knew was that it had to be based around the idea of a top hat and something magical because she mentioned a magician when you talked about the hat originally. <gasps> it's all come together. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I uh, completely forgotten about this. Amazing. Um, then, yes. What's your favorite color? What's Evangeline's favorite color? Uh, blue. Blue. Great. Um, so Doris is going to look at you and just say, um, I know that you have your doubts about me, Evangeline. That's all right. Many have over the years. But the one thing you can't doubt is my hat making skills. And then she's going to like never doubt. She's going to like <laughs> uh, rummage around. She's going to like lift up things and all that kind of stuff. And then she's going to lift up the beanbag and she's going to pull out a hat. And it's a blue top knitted top hat with two um, floppy bunny ears coming out of the top, like pulling a rabbit yeah, out of the yeah, hat. Yeah. <laughs> like coming out of like the very top of yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's going to kind of just extend it out to you. Before we do this, can you roll me a dexterity and performance? Because now we know the hat you wanted to make. Oh, no. But I'd love to know how it turned oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> I have nothing in performance. Oh, I love this. Oh, God, the bunny is dead. <laughs> One success. Great. I was going to say, if you were going to describe this hat, imagine one third of it was exactly as intended, and the other two thirds were a little more Doris. What does the hat look like? Because <laughs> oh, it wasn't was already Doris. I know. The problem is it's got to be with the bunny ears. Um, so the actual top hat part looks great. Um, mm. And then... She made it, it, what it looks like to you is that she's got one bunny ear, and then halfway through, it's like she thought a bunny was a different animal. 
a bunny and then a bat wing on top <laughs> it's totally fucked up I was gonna say elephant but it's like <laughs> no I like that I like how it's like like one bunny here at the top and then one bat wing sticking out the side <laughs> what is just <laughs> making yourself laugh at your ridiculous hat is very very good <laughs> uh... <laughs> So Evangeline, what do you say yeah. in response to this beautiful gift? Um, here's the thing. Evangeline kind of knew what she was in for. Like when Doris asked her about hats in the first place. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't really expecting to receive like, uh, in her eyes, a wearable item of clothing. <laughs> so, so you don't know if she thinks Del that. Della's hiding. From so you. she <laughs> thinks that she says none of this out loud. And, um, just and she just says, "Wow, you really did the top hat thing. Like it's it will keep you warm in the winter. It's very warm. Is there like is there like a hole out of the top though, or is it is it actually like no. like how the e oh like how I'm just I'm like That's inspecting I'm just like inspecting <laughs> how, where how the ears are coming. They're out. attached on. I imagine They're attached. Attached. So it's a yeah. solid top hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, like it's well crafted." Thank you. I <laughs> would have measured compliment. <laughs> I, I think compliment might be a bit generous in terms of the word. <laughs> Eventually, can you roll me <laughs> a manipulation and persuasion? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Seeing a gift is it's well crafted. It's so good. Oh no. Can you roll me a wits and awareness? Four successes. No successes. All right. Yeah, no, this is, that's, it, 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 with, it's not the words she says. Right. But how she says it. Right. You just feel so warm and supportive. She loves this fucking hat. I can make you another one if you like. Uh, uh, why don't I just enjoy wearing this one? And then when maybe like next year, I'll have a hat for next year. Can I see how it looks? Sure. She put, puts it on. Does kind of like arms out like ta-da. The bat here really works. And yes, I know it's a bat. I was going to say, so she knows it's I a bat. I figured that out. So is there supposed to be like a one, the one rabbit and a bat inside? Or is it like a half bat, half rabbit creature that's in the hat? <laughs> Just in case someone, someone inevitably asks me about it. No. <laughs> The wing is Just the bat no. ear, according to her. The answer is no. <laughs> it, it was supposed to be a rabbit. But then I got too deep into my meditations, and I pulled a card that showed a bat. And uh, my, my hands just kind of unconsciously mm -hmm. went. And I thought, yes, bats are magical creatures, too. It's half vampire, half rabbit. A part of you, a part In of me. <laughs> Which one? 
I don't. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I need to speak to Michael now. Yeah. And the two Whoa. of you go downstairs. <laughs> Truly half vampire and half rabbit. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Mithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia de los Hoodless, Diovasis, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, Gus Schreider, Drama, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.